Welcome to Location Cubed, the Weaver Beyond the Numbers real estate podcast. I'm Howard Altschuler, Weaver's real estate and construction leader, and I'm here as always with my co-host Aaron Griss, Weaver's real estate tax leader. It's now beginning of August and it is really, really hot. Can you imagine being in a self-storage unit right now, <laughs> especially one that's like not climate controlled? Well, I could do climate controlled, <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> I get it. Well, today we want to talk about storage. So before we start off, just a couple of news briefs from the storage world, and I need to use my notes here for a second. Um, I guess about two weeks ago, Extra Space Storage and Life Storage completed their merger. Um, and that was a very large merger, I want to say about $12 billion or so. And then just last week, there was an announcement that public storage um, is going to be buying simply self-storage from BREIT um, for about $2.2 billion. So you know, one of the things that's always been attractive about self-storage has been consolidation, mm-hmm. um, because for the longest time, you know, 10 plus years or so, it's always been very much a mom and pop industry. Um, literally in a lot of cases, because you had the mountain pop living on the self-storage space and managing it. Um, but it's, you know, there's still a lot of consolidation to be had, but just a lot of things happening um, in the in the storage world. Yeah, and we've, we've seen a, a lot of our clients start, start to invest in this space. So why do you think self-storage is so hot right now? Well, I think there's several different factors. Um, one of them is, to a great extent, where are you going to put your money? Um, you know, we no one really seems to be wanting to invest in office these days. Um, retail, which we're probably going to talk about on a future, soon future podcast, is getting very, very hot and expensive. Um, you've got industrial uh, warehouses and you've got um, multifamily can be pricey. Um, but I think there's still, like I said, there's some consolidation to be had in self-storage. There's definitely a lower price point. Because you know a self a self storage property is probably going to be under ten million bucks if you buy one of them, as opposed to trying to buy a more traditional property type, which will be a much larger capital outlay. Uh, and then there's still just such a demand, especially in Texas, um, as we've learned over the past few years, that you know rents are at a good rate and are probably going to continue to rise to some extent. And so opportunities to be able to um, to grow the rents make make some um, some returns on that. And I think lastly, you know, it's pretty low maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, you have a property manager and if you have, you know, three or four properties in a certain area, you can have one person covering several, um, but you don't need a lot of labor. Um, you don't need a lot of maintenance. Uh, it's really just a matter of someone making sure the rent's getting paid, letting people in and out as needed, and um, kind of making sure that it's all kind of buttoned up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk. We say self storage is hot right now, but I read a statistic that said in the last ten years, self storage construction is up nine hundred twenty six percent. So it's not just now; it's been hot for for a decade. Right, and and the thing is, is it's you know, and we're seeing that with a lot of our our clients, they're getting into self storage or they're already in self storage. Um, we see it both from an investing in existing product as well as a development standpoint. Um, so I, I agree with that. And I think it goes back to, again, going back to retail and going back to, we just have a lot of stuff, we as Americans. Um, my brother made a comment to me one time, a long time ago. He said it was a, 
a foreigner who made the comment, he said, part of the problem with America is there's too many garage sales <laughs> because that means that people have accumulated too much stuff and they need to get rid of it. And you know, for those who don't do garage sales or those who don't have extra garage space in their house, what do you do? Well, yeah, and I think now with, the, with home prices going up so much, maybe people are squeezing into apartments or squeezing into smaller homes and then also renting that storage unit. Um, and one, one great thing about self-storage is the ultra short-term leases, right? So with the inflationary environment, you can raise rents every month. Correct, correct. You know, it's interesting you say that about the apartments because there, there was a group, I think there was one in Dallas, and I've heard about some elsewhere where it's more like the concierge self-storage. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's say you live in, we'll use New York as an example. Let's say you live in Manhattan and you're going to go to um, you know, the Jersey Shore for a weekend or so. Mm -hmm. So you call your concierge self-storage and they get your beach stuff out of storage and bring it to your apartment. Um, then you take it with you to the beach and then when you get back, you call them and they take it away to the self-storage. Unfortunately, I don't feel like that really caught on. I think there's mm -hmm. probably a little yeah. bit too much dollars involved with the Very service. Niche Very niche market and labor intensive, mm -hmm. which is kind of part of why where self-storage is appealing is you don't necessarily have that. But you know, I can say we used self-storage for a while in the past when we were um, moving houses. Um, we had something and some stuff in self-storage for about two years or so, um, and it was you know it was great. Uh, but it also kind of you know kind of sucked having to write the check to the self-storage place for rent right. because it's like we could just get rid of this. <laughs> but again. People are attached to their stuff. It's well, hard to do and that. And you're also a known hoarder, so no, no, my wife's the known hoarder. You have a huge Star Wars collection that you had to store. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, kind of pivoting on this self storage, maybe self storage's ugly cousin, industrial outdoor storage. Um, that that seems pretty high right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I would say it's new, but it's not new. Um, yeah. But it's kind of new focused. I mean, let's think back to early days of the pandemic, a little bit before then, um, single family rental, build to rent. That was, you know, everybody's like, ooh, let's get into this. Mm -hmm. And now it seems like a lot of people are getting into um, the industrial outdoor storage. Mm -hmm. And there's, I think there was a transaction a couple of months ago, I want to say $500 million for a portfolio of iOS spaces. But there's some people out there who haven't heard about that. So what is Industrial outdoor storage. Yeah, I, I feel like industrial outdoor storage, you could drive by it every day and then not think about, oh, that's out industrial outdoor storage. So what it is, is large acreages of land that typically store 18-wheelers, construction equipment, whatever else, maybe with one small office on it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's commonly referred to as the ugly duckling of real estate. Which which makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of industrial, you know, now you think of industrial and you think of a, a nice pretty warehouse mm -hmm. in a warehouse park, but industrial was kind of always the ugly yeah. duckling of real estate. Sure. Uh, but it's, you know, you, I have a client that's out in West Texas that they're have a lot of industrial outdoor storage, mm -hmm. uh, which makes sense because they're out in, you know, in the oil patch and the Permian Basin and you've got to store all that stuff somewhere. You probably figure like along the coast, there's probably a fair amount of that. Where do you keep a lot of the drilling equipment or offshore equipment? Mm -hmm. I guess maybe you could theoretically have offshore industrial outdoor storage mm -hmm. if you want to park some rigs yeah. or something like that. That, that would that would require a lot of real though, estate, right? but but um, it's not really useful mm -hmm, otherwise because sure. it's in the water. Um, but we digress here. But um, I think there's a lot of these that are also close to major metro areas that maybe you just turn here, turn there. You don't usually see them. But last mile distribution centers, there's you know there's all this construction going on. There's right, somewhere we've right. got to store that equipment pretty close. Correct. I mean, construct like you said, construction equipment, eighteen wheelers mm -hmm. that are 
um, you know, for a fleet or something like that. I think there's a lot of opportunities there. But part of the challenge with the iOS is it's very, very, very specialized. Mm. And so it becomes a matter of, you know, how do you, do you, how easy is it to break into that if you don't necessarily know what you're doing? It seems easy enough. You know, I've got a piece of land that's two acres and somewhat irregular shaped. I can go park 50, 18 wheelers on it and charge them 20 bucks a day. But is it that simple? Right. That becomes the question. And part of the other reason where I think it's been attracting interest is there's less and less and less of them because they're vacant land. Mm -hmm. And so they get bought up. And then they get developed, and now you have one less industrial outdoor storage space. And I think what's kind of attracted more of the institutional investors is it got to a point where they said, hey, wait a second. There's not that many of these anymore, which means rents are going to be going up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the play is. Yeah, yeah, not only are we seeing them getting bought up, maybe turned into a mixed-use, multifamily Mm -hmm. deal, but municipalities don't want more of these because because they're ugly. And people are, residents are going to complain if... There's a new outdoor storage development. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't see that happening in my neighborhood. Mm. But if I was, you know, in a neighborhood that was bordering on a whole bunch of undeveloped land, I would not be, you know, the the occasional truck or tractor over there is probably going to be not super noticed. Mm. But, you know, you put in a big storage yard and, yeah, you're going to get a little bit of nimbyism from that. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, self-storage, industrial outdoor storage, still pretty good pretty good property types to be in. Um, we'll see what ends up happening with rental rates on the self-storage, if they've peaked or if there's still room mm-hmm. to grow there. And then also see kind of what happens as the institutional investors take hold in the industrial outdoor storage. Sure. And as more people get into this, you know, prices go up, deals become less attractive, you know, it's how markets work, right? Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all the time we have today on the Location Cube podcast. Be sure to catch our previous shows on weaver.com.